Welcome to BitCast on Podcast One, the video game podcast with the Axeman. Hey everyone, welcome back to the show. Last week I had a guest and I talked about Frogger with that guest, and at a few points I made comparisons to the Rayman games, and that got Rayman on my brain, so I want to talk about it today. Despite its smaller size compared to other platform mascots, Rayman could be considered one of Ubisoft's heavier hitters. Rayman Origins and Rayman Legends are probably the biggest games in the whole series. I'm not a Rayman expert, my only real metric is the fact that all of Rayman's presence in Smash Bros. 4 and Ultimate are very distinctly inspired by Origins and Legends. There would probably be more if he was a fully playable character and not just a trophy or a spirit, but what do you do? But before Rayman Origins and Rayman Legends, there was Rayman Raving Rabbits. And that is a subject for another episode, because those broke off into their whole other thing entirely. But But before before those, we had a bit of a trilogy going on. Rayman, Rayman 2, The Great Escape, and Rayman 3, Hoodlum Havoc. There are also a few minor spin-off games, like the one Rayman Arena game, but that's not what we're here for. Rayman started in a game that had the same name as him, very original. It was a 2D platformer for the Atari Jaguar. I'm more familiar with the PlayStation version myself. It was a quirky game. I was already introduced to it after playing Rayman 2, and the style was noticeably different. All the characters had floating extremities, like Rayman himself, having hands and feet without any of the limbs in between. The game's aesthetic was very wacky and cartoony, with an appropriate premise. Some jerk named Mr. Dark stole the Great Protoon, and Rayman has to go get it back, and I guess he captured some fairies along the way. There's the voiceover that explains this whole thing at the very start but we don't really get a lot in the way of the story. Rayman is just this guy who will get the protoon back. I think the narrator's like, is there anyone who can stop Mr. Dark or something? It just cuts to Rayman in a hat. He's like, no problem. That's it. That's our hero. This is how we meet Rayman before he's in all these games. By the way, Mr. Dark... This game has a lot of enemies that are just named Mr. Whatever, but Mr. Dark has to be one of the laziest villain names I've ever heard. Uh, how do we let people know that this guy is a villain? Uh, Mr. Dark, got it. Nailed it. Rayman 2, The Great Escape, which is available for many systems, I mostly know it by the N64 iteration, introduced a tonal shift in the franchise. We went from the utter wackiness of the first game to a more somber experience. The game was still weird, but everything was played a lot more seriously. It was less goofy and more mystical. Apart from Origins and Legends, this might actually be one of the most popular in the series. I might be mistaken, and this could be the biggest game in the series, while Origins and Legends are respectable second place. I'm not the Rayman expert. I'm, I only kind of flirt with the Rayman series every so often. Rayman 2 is definitely one of the bigger games of the originals. 
One thing that probably helps this game's popularity is that it's the only installment to forego silliness in favor of that sense of mysticism that I mentioned before. The plot ramps up to match the new tone as well. We're now in The Glade of Dreams. In the game's lore, it's said that the Glade of Dreams is a world made by Pelocus, some godly being. Everyone here is a creation of his, except Rayman. Rayman just showed up one day. So I'm thinking he's from the world of the original Rayman game, since everyone there looked a lot more like him. Everyone in Rayman 2 looks very different from Rayman. But that's just my interpretation, and I think Origins tries to connect to the two worlds a bit more, so... I can't really say for sure. Going back to the plot, these robot pirates have shown up and they split the heart of the world into a thousand little fairy things called Lums. Rayman's froggy friend Globox frees him from prison because the pirates got him, and now that Rayman's out, he has to collect these four masks so he can restore the heart and challenge the pirates. And along the way, you have to deal with all these people who've been hassled by the pirates, there are occasional cutaways to the captain, so you really get a feel for who you're up against in this game. Mr. Dark barely had a presence in the first game. I don't think you even fight him. This game is still relatively light on plot. We wouldn't get a bit more of a story focus until... Rayman 3, Hoodlum Havoc, the main game of this episode. This is another multi-platform game. I'm mostly familiar with the GameCube version. This is the first of the main Rayman games to not have any real involvement from Michel Ansel, the creator of the series. And it might be apparent, since this game is very different from most of the others in a few ways. This game goes back to being a fun, silly romp with more of a contemporary sense of humor. Think 2003. It featured John Leguizamo as a primary voice actor, voicing Globox. It's the only game in the series, other than the monologue in the first game, to really have spoken voice acting. Two in the newer games all rely on gibberish. But more importantly is that heavier emphasis on story that I mentioned. We have a pressing plot line throughout the first level. One of the Lums turns into an evil Lum named Andre for some reason. This series really doesn't do well with its villain names. Even Admiral Razorbeard is a little questionable, depending on who you ask. But Andre tries to go after the heart of the world, and he has these scarecrow-looking thugs called hoodlums at his beck and call. These hoodlums are created from other evil lums that Andre transformed. While Rayman and Globox get separated from each other, we end up having Globox non-lethally eat Andre before he can actually do anything villainous. Now Rayman has to get him out of his friend's body. While there are fewer levels in this game compared to Great Escape, each level manages to be very distinct. I had some problems telling the levels apart in Great Escape, and each of the main plot markers, the masks, were spread out throughout the different levels. Meanwhile, in Hoodlum Havoc, each level has its distinct plot and purpose. Once you achieve it, it's on to the next one. Level 1, Rayman has to reunite with Globox and stop Andre. Level 2, Rayman needs to get Globox to a doctor. Level 3, Rayman is lost and needs to find Globox. Level 4, Rayman needs to get Globox to another doctor that the first one recommended. The plot is rather bare bones, and there is a little bit less emphasis after a while, but I think the storytelling as a whole is improved from Great Escape. 
Unique to this game are the power-ups. Scattered throughout the levels, Rayman would find these laser detergent cans, and like any good power-up, they alter his abilities while also altering his color palette. These power-ups are all temporary, and some last longer than others. They all have their own explicit purposes, too. It's never unclear what you're supposed to do when you see one of these cans. It also helps that punching is kind of the only thing Rayman can do in this game when he's not running or jumping. Unfortunately, based on what I just said, these power-ups are the only spices in your gameplay. Most of the rest of the game is just platforming sequences and combat sequences. The platforming is fun, but rarely anything extraordinary. So what about the combat? Well, it gets a little repetitive. Hoodlums shoot at you, and your best bet is to strafe while winding up big punches. You can do smaller, quicker punches, but a lot of times it's better to just go for the big one. Enemies can also block direct hits, so curving your shots is also essential for more than a few hoodlum types. The only real strategic battles, I'd say, are the ones with the hoodlum wizards who pop in and out of existence just to block you from attacking another hoodlum. So you have to lure them out and then whack them before they disappear again. They get a little more clever with the wizards in some of the later stages. At one point, a wizard blocks a power-up you need. At another, it blocks a mini-boss while hiding far out of reach and you have to go get it. And then... In one case, you have a wizard blocking another wizard. I guess I should also mention that at level 5, hoodlums can be turned back into goodlums thanks to... Wow, did I really just make that rhyme? <laughs> but, uh, yeah, you can turn them back into redlums, which are health restoration, thanks to this power-up ability you get that's permanent, unlike all the laser cans, but it doesn't really do much for you other than that. It's kind of weird that they would wait until halfway through the game, considering how mostly non-essential it is. It is a nice callback to Rayman's taunt in the original game, I'll admit. So the gameplay is good, not great. In the interest of fairness, there are some diversions, but a lot of times I felt like they were padding. All these times where you have to race around in your shoe, or you're carrying plums for some reason. The later levels cut out a lot of these in favor of just throwing more enemies at you. And while I don't mind the humor, it's a lot edgier than the silliness you get in the other non-Great Escape games. A lot more fourth wall humor, too. And since I'm kind of taking a swing at the game, I'll say that despite all the good I had to say about it, a lot of the plot is unnecessary. The swamp level is just a stopgap that prolongs the game by an entire level. There's no real progress to be made here. You go to the first doctor, he tells you to get to the second doctor. Oops, we're in the swamp now. You have to beat this level, then we have to go to the level that would take us to the second doctor. And the fact that the doctors keep sending Rayman and Globox to see other doctors is weird too, because after the third doctor, they all meet up at that clinic. Why couldn't Rayman and Globox just wait here while the doctor calls for the other person to show up? It would have saved us a lot of trouble and time. I'm not complaining about having more game to play, because it is still fun, but I'm not going to pretend that they gave enough thought to the storyline. I remember people didn't seem very fond of the game back when it was newer. I think now, though, the public has settled on Hoodlum Havoc being a good game, but still inferior to Great Escape. 
But this is by far the Rayman game I have the most experience with, and also the only one I completed. I'm not really interested in the original, I couldn't get into Origins, Legends looks too bloated for my tastes, the Rabbids, I don't even want to talk about that right now. I'd probably like Great Escape if I played it now, but it's been so long that I can't really remember enough about it. So I'm kind of stuck with Hoodlum Havoc, which I don't mind, but talking about it here has made me realize that there are a lot more problems with the game than I first suspected going into this. So there you have it, folks. You all listened in real time as my opinion of Hoodlum Havoc dropped ever so slightly. But for all its shortcomings, I still have plenty of good memories with the game, and I'd play it again. It's the kind of game you play once every few years, not something you can just cycle through over and over again. Though then again, that's usually my approach to a lot of games. I'll wait a few years before I go back to it. I'm not really one to go back to a game after I beat it the first time. I'm thinking, well, I just spent all this time with it. I, want, I need a break. You know, I need some space, you know? Well, stop smothering me, game! It's been a little over five years since I last touched Hoodlum Havoc. I might be due before too long. The music of Hoodlum Havoc is pretty nice. Some standouts for today's favorite songs would be the Teensy Highway theme, which is this dance club sounding track that fits the psychedelic visuals of the Teensy Highway levels. You know, I have to be honest, I don't know what the point of those were in the game. They stopped throwing those at you halfway in, and... From a narrative purpose, I'm not even sure what they do. They're Rayman traveling to the next stage, but why are they all so psychedelic? I don't get it. And you fall off at one point. That's how you get into that swamp level. I'm not really sure why. There's no real explanation for it. It's never really addressed. It's just one of some of the weirdness of the game's storyline. But, you know, don't, don't let that stop you from enjoying the music, because it's really fun to listen to. Swing Around is the song that plays for a lot of the Hoodlum Headquarters level. It's more upbeat than I expected from the villain's stronghold, but very catchy and memorable. More than the Hoodlum Headquarters, I associate this track with the Guided Missile minigame, which is probably my favorite of all the Rayman 3 minigame modes. That makes use of one of the laser can power-ups, the Shock Rocket, where Rayman launches his rocket fist, and you have to control it and hit targets with it. They made a whole minigame about it, where you have to go through a long, complicated tunnel to get to the other side with the rocket. And I'd be remiss if I didn't mention the Hoodoo Wizard theme. You're fighting a gang of hoodlums, and all of a sudden this hip-hop beat starts out of nowhere, signifying that one of the wizards is in your presence and it doesn't stop until the wizards are all beaten. They're the only enemies in the game to get their own designated theme music, I think, and it's neat that it can serve as an audible clue that the wizard is nearby, even if you're not really sure where they are. I think it was a fan favorite among the staff, too, because they use it as the credits theme. But more than the three songs I picked... I have to give a shout-out to Groove Armada's Matter, which is a licensed song that plays in the opening sequence, except in the HD re-release for some reason. In fact, that, that kind of turns me off of ever trying the HD version, because Matter is 
legitimately one of my most favorite parts of this entire game. There were so many times back when we were renting the game, and then when we finally bought it, where I would just turn the game on, and I would just watch the Matter music video. I wouldn't even play the game afterwards. I would just be like, okay, I had fun. Turn the game off now. I would do that so many times. Eventually, I did get Matter as a song on my iTunes, and I think there was a point where I had over a thousand times listened because it, it tracks that on iTunes. I listened to Matter way too many times. It's I, I don't know if it's my favorite regular song though, but it's it's definitely my favorite of all the music associated with Rayman 3 by a long shot. I really don't think I can safely argue with that over 1,000 times listened. The song has real attitude to it, which I feel like actually surprisingly fits with Rayman 3's edgier approach. Except Rayman himself isn't really that edgy in the game, so I don't I don't know if it really fits him. I don't think I don't think anyone in this game gets madder at anything as the game goes on, except maybe some of the villains, but you know, of course they would. You're foiling their plans. But I'm not gonna complain too much. It's still good music. I should also mention that after this game, there was a Game Boy Advance title called Rayman Hoodlum's Revenge, which was a, an isometric 2D platformer game, kind of like Super Mario RPG, and I don't really remember anything about it. I, I don't even know if I still have that game. I think I lost it somewhere. Maybe I tried selling it once, but couldn't have gotten very much for it. It was very unmemorable in almost every way. It was kind of a sequel, I might have said, and they, there was a plot point about cloning the body of the final boss, and I, I guess Andre came back? I'm not really sure how any of that was supposed to fit together. Rayman continuity can be a little weird. In fact, Rayman's origin story has been retconned so many times. Rayman Origins was supposed to be, well, you know, Rayman's origin, but then they just kind of made the game platformer instead. They they kept the title for some reason. I'm not really sure why. So we're not really sure where Rayman came from. I'm not even sure where Globox came from anymore. That might not be canon anymore. He and his family were created by Polocus prior to Rayman 2, I guess. But Rayman and Globox met almost instantly in Rayman Origins, and Globox doesn't have a family anymore. In Hotham Havoc... Globox doesn't even have his wife anymore, I don't think. We don't we don't hear about his kids or anything. I think Globox's kids show up in the first Raving Rabbids, but they don't look like themselves. I I am getting so sidetracked by Rayman lore. <laughs> but uh the, there you have it. Rayman 3 Hoodlum Havoc. My favorite in the series, though by default. Only partly by default. I still think the game is worth a look. It's definitely fun. It's not the greatest game I've ever played, maybe not even the best in the series, but definitely worth your time if you want to explore it. That's all I really have to say on Rayman, though. If you want to know what game I'm going to talk about next week, though, then I would tell you that you can keep an eye on the BitCast by following the BitCast on Facebook. I have a Facebook page, as you probably gathered. 
I also have an Instagram page. That's just where I post funny little pictures, though, of things. I've been meaning to get a Twitter page. That's going to be happening soon. Otherwise, you can just follow the show on Podcast One's website, mobile app, and on iTunes. I've been the Axeman, and I'll see you on the next one. Listen to BitCast anytime on PodcastOne.com and on the Podcast One app.